Hello out there. Hello, hello. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Cammy. And we've been together for 20 years. We can't just say have that six every kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it's like, it's well. just like saying we're married, except for it's like just bragging about something else. So just leave, just say, hey, I'm Cammy. What's up? And I'm with this guy. I'm 38 years old. And this guy, Ben, has the biggest beard of anyone I know. <laughs> you can you can brag about it. Um, but let's talk about what we talk about on this podcast. We talk about real stuff. Yeah, like what's going on in our life. But that sounds right boring. Now. Sometimes it might be. But today you're in for a very special treat because we just spent $260 on counseling and uh, we're going to give you all the lessons that we got that were very expensive for free. Just for today. Like what we got for today. Limited time offer and it'll change your life. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. So I'm feeling a little sick right now, so I'm not going to be smoking tonight. S- sounded like the responsible thing. Oh, you're using two matches? Yeah, we usually use two matches. I never use two matches. That's not true. I use two matches if it's like crazy windy outside. Oh, yeah, okay. I never use two matches inside. Okay. Cammy's lighting her cigar now. It, it was tempting to join her. Um, but I'm going to just drink in my tea. And we did have this counseling appointment today that I want to talk about. And here's the problem with these podcasts. <laughs> when we went to this counseling appointment, I was so excited this afternoon. To share. Yeah. At our podcast. And then I took a shower because I wasn't feeling good. And then I took a nap. And went then, swimming, had pizza. Swimming, almost smoked the house out. Uh, Lighting the fire down here. And now here it is, 9.30. And I'm like, what did we talk about at counseling this morning? Yeah. But we took notes, and we're going to do the best we can, because I think this could actually... Like, some people out there might be able to relate to this. That's my guess. Yeah, hopefully. So, can you can you tell a story? So, I have had this problem our whole marriage. <laughs> and I, it, it has to do around... That's how we should have started the podcast out. <laughs> Dang, that's a sexy Dang. hook. It has to do around when Ben and I are in a conflict, when he's hurt or disappointed for me, he has a certain thing he does. I have a certain thing I do. Um, but it, for me, it causes so much pain that that I felt like I want to bring this up in counseling because I've dealt with this for almost 20 years now. And it's gotten better, but it's still feels like a 
very debilitating thing for me. So what happens is I, Ben feels or gets hurt or disappointed. And then I feel like he withdraws from me, um, like his emotion, emotionally and physically. And I, that like creates such panic in me and anxiety, um, and fear and even anger. Um, if it gets to that and it's like the only time in our marriage where I'd like, I was, I would scream. This was like the first 10 years, but I would sometimes scream at him to like talk to me. Um, once or twice I like punched him in the shoulder, the arm. Yep. Ben's not always the bad guy people. Um, cute little cami over there. That's right. Throwing punches. I'm good at hiding. You would, you would be like, out of control mm-hmm. you know that kind of sucks yeah. I feel like people even listening now are going to be like oh she's smaller so if she hits and screams I totally relate to Cammy. well I don't think it's okay for any adult to hit another adult unless well I don't know there could be exceptions to that which but... isn't the point but people tend to I think they like they it's like it's not fair. It's like okay when women do it because they're like, like, being out of control is like, you know, it's weird how feminism it's like supposed to give value to women, but then sometimes people excuse as if I'm a child or as if yeah. women are children. When Which I they're... think is condescending to yeah. actually all women. Uh, yeah, so, I agree. So yeah. Um. So. Recently, we had a recent thing where I Ben felt undermined by me in a parenting thing with Wait, Rainier. Wait, I think I think we need to still stick with this past story because there's some some gems there that okay. you're skipping. Go for it. Okay, so we'd get in this like some tiff would happen, and then I would withdraw, which actually is I I, I kind of have beef with that term, but we'll get to that. Let's just say I did that. Yeah. So I would withdraw. And then... It, it's a loaded term. Like, yeah. it's considered negative. But we'll get we'll get to that part. But... Um, I would not yeah. engage in the same way. You're right. And then Cammie would freak the hell out. And she would come after me. Sometimes kicking. Sometimes screaming. Sometimes begging. Sometimes apologizing. But not really apologizing. Well, that's... You know, that's what I realized five years in. Or ten years in. I'm like, it pissed me off when she was saying sorry. Because... She wasn't really saying sorry. Like, she wasn't... If I were to, like, what are you sorry for? She'd be like, uh... Like, you you weren't actually saying you did anything wrong or admitting to that. You just... Yeah. You were trying to end the separation. And you were willing to yeah. do whatever. Um, so then... Um, I felt like for a lot of years, we had, like, banging makeup sex at that point. That was, like, how we coped or... Like the way that we dealt with it, and we've 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 talked about this ad nauseum on our vlogs. But to summarize, um, it was fun. It was like one of the only times Cammy would come after me, and we would actually like really get into it. It'd be like Hollywood Titanic style. But it also was a little bit frustrating because I think afterwards, I, I knew something was kind of wrong, and it felt a little empty. So it. 
it felt like it resolved it, but it actually didn't. And don't get yeah. me wrong, the sex was good, and that was nice. But it felt like a band aid where it wasn't yeah. really, or like putting a band aid over a pussy wound. Like it wasn't really taking care of it. It was just sort of like covering it I'm up. Getting graphic. Yeah. I'm trying to drink my tea here. <laughs> Hopefully no one's eating right now. That's gross. Um, yeah, so okay, we so, had some... So we're driving to counseling, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, what are we talking about today? Like, our counseling appointments have not been very... There's not, like, huge fires to put out, it doesn't feel like. Which is kind <laughs> of nice and cool. Like, we're actually able to deal with just normal stuff. It's, like, relaxing. It's like, oh, let's talk about our marriage and struggles that are in our marriage that have been there for 20 years. And it's, it was crazy to get some of the stuff that we got from our counselor today because I felt like, I mean, I've been dealing with this for a long time. I'm just saying it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So we, we sat there. We, we of course read our little magazines in the waiting room. Uh, and (laughs) yeah, we walk in. Mm-hmm. Small talk was very low today. Yeah, he cut right to the. He point. was like, "He's like, Hi. What, what are you and here I'm for?" Like, Hi. Yeah. And then <laughs> what are like, we talking about today? And Cammy's like, "You're on." Yeah, and I really didn't want to talk about it. Like, I felt this resistance in me, but I also really did want to talk about it because why I, do you think you didn't want to talk about it? Because you said that at our family I think, meeting. I think I feel ashamed of it because. And even describing, like, my behavior in the past of hitting and screaming, like, I think I felt shame over, like, oh, I couldn't control myself. That was, like, so long ago. Yeah, but but even I feel shame now when I can't, like, I, I feel so needy in those moments and I can't, like, um, grow a pair, it feels like. Which turns out, like, that's why this appointment was super cool for me because it, it really helped me understand myself and why I do what I do and it took a lot of the shame out of it. You didn't, hammer, you didn't hammer ha at all about it. Like, I think I was is, desperate. I think I was well, like, let's do this thing. I think you have grown a pair in that I think you just, we know that talking, going there is the best thing. Mm-hmm. There's this phrase in, like, 12-step groups when when you'd meet with a sponsor and the question is what do you want to talk about or whatever it is you don't want to talk about (laughs) that's a thing you should talk about yeah because that that has the most power Um, yeah yeah so i didn't want to talk about it but i knew that was exactly what needed to be talked about and i was ready for more freedom in that area like i wanted okay so how did the conversation go with boss tom i kind of forget Yeah, well, I had to kind of describe this whole scenario, what usually happens. I got, I gave some backstory that I've already given here where, you know, it used to be a lot worse. I used to not be able to function much. I like barely took care of the kids when I felt you withdrawing from me. Because these withdrawal cycles would go on for, let's just say, two hours to two days. Yeah, something like that. And... I feel less that way now, like I'm able to function more, but I still, like I had this time a week ago where I was just like a, a sobbing mess. And, um, 
when Ben withdraws from me, like it also kind of like opens up these floodgates for all these other um, emotions that I have with other circumstances in my life. So it was kind of a double whammy, but I kind of felt like, wait a second, because I've had times where I'm like able to quote unquote handle, and maybe I am handling it a lot better, like you withdrawing and needing that. But in this moment, I like could not. So it felt like I was taking three steps back, but I don't think that's really true. Um, so I described it to him and I don't know, he just started to like kind of pull some things out. Um, like he, 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 he really got into it with me like, okay, so why do you feel anxious? Why do you feel afraid? Like what's going on there? And I, I started to talk about how I had this um, memory uh, way back when that, well, it was actually around the time I hit Ben. So this was probably like year four in our, of our marriage. And around the same time, um, I had uh, also a memory of being three years old and hanging on the monkey bars and seeing my dad like, and I'm like scared and wanting help. And I kind of just see my dad in the distance, like with his back turned to me anyway. So it just kind of made me realize like I'm in these moments, I'm like going back to this like three-year-old little girl freak out. And, and so he gave me some tools to basically pull myself out of that and like pull myself into present time, which I'm an adult, like I'm an adult now and I don't have to, you're like way fast forward. Yeah. You're like going to the end here. Yeah. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the cigar? Oh no, it's just me trying to like, I don't always, I don't. I don't, I think I've realized, like, I don't tell stories very linearly. Like, I'm kind of all over the place. And Ben is more linearly that way. So, he kind of, like, I'll just start talking. He's like, well, wait a second. Like, what about da-da-da-da-da? And I'm like, So, there, oh, there's okay. this moment. First of all, like, for me, I'm listening to you share this experience about our fights. And that's just a weird position. It's a little bit vulnerable. But we've, yeah. we trust this guy. We've been around for a while. So, it's not... It wasn't that difficult. Yeah. But you were talking for probably like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I didn't say a word. Yeah. Um, right. And there was a few times I kind of wanted to interrupt. Yeah. But he even pointed out how good you did, or I don't even, I don't know if that's a thing to say, but like you were being honest, but mm-hmm. you weren't like accusing me, but you were, you know, I don't know. It was just really cool. Like I think yeah. when I think of marriage counseling, I'm like, I think of the chick being like, Dude, he never cares, and he's always doing this, and he doesn't well, pay attention to me. And then she, he's like, "You never give me sex," and then it's yeah. all just blaming, blaming, blaming. Well, that comes from like years of working on myself and seeing and having this awareness that blaming you isn't going to help anything. Like, there's actually something wrong with me, quote unquote, wrong. I mean, I don't mean, but just like the problem An actually lies with me of health that could be grown in. Yeah, and. And that, and I can't change you. So, and, and I'm no saint, but you focusing on me doesn't help, and me focusing no. on you doesn't help. Okay, no. So he, you're going on for 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'm just like listening. And he's asking these questions. Yeah. It was like really fun. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I kept on just like noticing myself smiling, and I was like, huh. 
I feel like I was watching like America's Funniest Videos or something with how much fun I was having. That's funny. Because I could tell, well, just him listening was like validating mm. for both of us. Mm. Because the yeah. questions he was asking you, because you said, oh yeah. man, this is, okay, this was the clincher. In the beginning for me, he said, um, you said, well, when Ben withdraws, uh, there's only two options I can think of. And you said that he's trying to punish me or teach me a lesson or something like that. And he's like, are those... He's like, those are the only two reasons you can think of? And, it, and it, I was just like, whoa. <clears throat> because yeah. I think I had fallen into this trap, I'll call it, into thinking that that's what I'm doing too, even though I don't really think I'm doing that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. Like when I withdraw... I'm not like, I'm going to teach Cammie a lesson or even... Well, and he said that he's more the pursuer and his wife is more the withdrawer. And that actually helped me not feel so alone and not so crazy. Like, oh, this is a thing. Like, <clears throat> some people are more this way. Some people are more that way. Yeah, so so this is this is where and, we're going with this. And this is why I thought this would be helpful. This is a thing, yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, maybe so, there's more options than just those two. No, we're but... not talking about necessarily like all of sexuality or relational style i think this is more specifically a conflict style yeah from what i could gather and it's separate from any other personality study i've done mm -hmm. he was even saying yeah this isn't this overlaps like if you're into myers-briggs or enneagram or whatever this is like a separate thing yeah so cammy's style is that when there's relational rift she leans in mm -hmm. to the relationship, a.k.a. me. When I, yeah. when there's riff, when I feel hurt, mm -hmm. I step back. Mm -hmm. And what he was just saying is neither of those is right. Neither of those is wrong. Yeah. Those are strategies that different people use to find peace, mm -hmm. um, to right. deal with pain. And even resolution. Like, it's how yeah. they deal with resolution. And to reduce anxiety. This and, is kind of yes. like what, yeah. you know. So so he there was this moment where he asked this really kind of funny question. He goes, he asked you, like, what is it? Because oh, yeah. you said, like, something about two hours. Like, you can handle two hours of it, and then you start to freak out. Yeah, so he's like, so why, tell me why you can't handle more than two hours. Like, what? And then the first analogy that came to me, which I felt silly for saying it for some reason, but was labor. Like when a woman's in labor, it really matters. The time really matters. Like because it's especially near the end because it's so excruciatingly painful that four hours is a world of difference from two hours. And, and then he was like, that is a fantastic example. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, but he, it, I guess what it pointed to was how painful it is for me to be in that place where it be in the conflict place. Turns out, and I still am having a hard time <laughs> believing this, but I want to. Turns out Ben, after he shared his thing, He's in as much pain as I am, but my pain is more like you can see it more maybe. And maybe that's why I validate it more. You can see it more. 
I can see it more. Yeah. yeah and maybe you, are. you can't even. I can't. But when you cry, I see it. Yeah. And that's why it's actually helpful for me when you cry. Because I'm like, oh, I'm really sad that you're sad. Yeah. But he said that for someone like me looking at Cammy, because I don't feel pain in that same way, I almost think she's making it up. Mm. Like, he says that's a very normal thing. Is because we'd, you know, I, I'm doing fine. I mean, it still kind of hurts, but... So your pain is maybe at the same level as mine, but it's not as acute. I guess that's interesting because no, just as acute. It is just as acute. Okay. Well, yeah. It like it comes from different sources. So that was like the double. Like that was the moment for me. Like mm-hmm. that was the moment in our in the counseling session when he looks at me and he said, "So Ben's pain," and he he was like looking at you, but he was pointing at me and he said, "The pain that Ben feels." when you keep on stepping in mm. is the same pain that you feel when he steps back. Oh, so you feel the pain when I'm scratching at the door. Yes. Because our counselor used animal analogies, which I actually think are helpful. They're not supposed to be demeaning at all. But like, I'm like the dog that like scratches at the door, like, let me in, let me in, let me in. And Ben is more the- Incessantly incessantly i'm the hedgehog and yeah or turtle what yeah whatever that you just like retreat like boom, you I'm go like, into okay your... this hurts i need some time yeah and i love you i'm not like i'm not thinking about divorce i'm not even angry at you mm-hmm. like i mean even if you apologize and i accept the apology i'm just like you know that hurt yeah and i don't like it and i just need a bit and ben has said in so many words those things to me in the past but I like can't really believe it very well and I'm hoping after today I can at a deeper level believe that because our counselor gave me some tools really both of us but for me he said you know I think because he was more the he's more the pursuer type with this he I asked him so so how did you get to the point from you know this being emotionally like damaging or not damaging but just emotionally like acute when your wife does this to it not being that that much like you can handle it um and he said one of the first things is to just accept that this is this is how i am and i think that was really helpful for me because i don't think i think i've always seen this as like a weakness of mine or a brokenness of mine and just to see it as like this isn't something that just needs to like go away because I think I've all these years have just been like when is this stupid thing gonna go away and I'm not gonna feel this needy in these moments like I really hated it I hated that part of me well the irony is on the flip side I feel like we both kind of demonized my behavior yeah because that's the cat what he, is the cat no, scratching? He's he's using his litter box. Oh, gross. Oh, everybody poops. I know, but not on podcast. <laughs> hey! Excuse us. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> um, this is real life. <laughs> um, okay, where was I? Um, we was we so both loud. demonized okay, yeah. your... So, like... There was this Bible verse we always heard growing up that was like, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And it was like, 
okay, well, what happens at the end of the night when I'm, like, still angry? Yeah. And we're like, okay, well, we should just, like, pretend it doesn't exist. Or, like, we should kiss and make up or forgive each other or be close or hug. And it's like, I didn't, I don't want to. Like, something felt wrong about it with mm-hmm. me. It didn't feel, like, authentic for me to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things he said. He said, like, your love is acceptance. Like, you want to hear me say that I accept you kind of like on every level, Mm -hmm. which sometimes I can't do. Like, and I don't really think it's my job. Like now on the big picture level, like I accept you as my wife, but that doesn't mean like I need to hug you every moment of the day that you feel needy. Yeah. And on the flip side, my love is authenticity. So if I feel like I'm faking it or there's still something wrong and I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to like, like you're saying sorry and I'm like supposed to like start making out with you Mm -hmm. or hug you or sit next to you or be close in a certain way and i'm not like ready to do that Mm -hmm. that like that feels really um that feels really dangerous to me Mm -hmm. and it feels really not just dangerous to me like to me to me but it feels dangerous to the relationship yeah i'm like if we if we fake it in our relationship that's bad for the relationship like and he was just like kind of like yeah that's a (laughs) lose-lose like because (laughs) Our, the way each of us feel loved is like the opposite, which is just like a son of a bitch. It's a son of a bitch, but it's also a way that both of us can grow. Well, and it's our biggest asset in a mm-hmm. way. Because I think when yeah. we see the world or when we address other people, we can bring both of those angles yeah. or giftings or perspectives, whatever you want to call it, to, you know, to or even yeah. raising our kids. But what I was going to say was, so this whole like, you know, I even see it in movies like the guy walks away and the chick's like, don't walk away from me. And walking away is viewed as like weakness mm. or bailing or a lesser way of dealing with conflict mm. than sitting there and shouting it out or discussing it on the spot. Yeah. Or just like working like because you can't see what's happening when I walk away like in my heart. Like I, I don't even know what's happening. But like Boss Tom was just saying oh, yeah, it takes time for some people to, like, that's Mm -hmm. how they work through it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not a, there's no skip button. Like, this isn't a digital thing. Um, There's no fast forward. Uh, One way is not better than another way. Yeah. It's just the exact same thing is happening in two different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think I had felt like, oh, I'm kind of a coward. Or, because I wish I could. you're giving up, maybe. Yeah, at least in the moment, because I, I kind of wish I could just like sit there and talk to you about it. And you have, you actually have gotten, I don't want to say better because again, it's not a right or wrong thing, but you've gotten better at relating to me over the years. Like in that, like you don't, you are able to talk through it a lot quicker than you used to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not as sensitive um, because, and this is like, I think this is the the big picture solution that I hope some people out there in podcast land are able to relate to, which is the best thing you and I can do for ongoing health. He, he said this phrase. It was like, make the problem the problem. Yeah. Like, we need to agree... Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to put it negatively, even though I'm sure. saying it. It kind of sucks that I withdraw and you pursue, and not, neither of us are going to be happy. Yeah. 
that's a problem. It's like we're gonna totally miss each other in these but moments. Yeah. Cammy's not the problem or Ben's not the problem. And I for me, I need to focus probably mostly on Cammy's not the problem. Because it's it'd be easy for me to see her initial hurting me or her scratching on my dad like a door. Scratching on my door like a dog. Uh, like, it really kind of pisses me off. But mm-hmm. you're just trying to feel security and love and acceptance. And But insta- I can't see you as the problem for withdrawing either. Yeah, because you, th- in your, like, worst state, you think I'm, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not loving you. I've checked out. Yep. All these, like, really negative things. Or you're things. punishing me somehow. Yeah. yeah. When really I'm just seeking authenticity and really love and the same thing too just in a different way yeah so there's still a problem but it's not either of us i mean the best way that i could describe it was you have your issues so in in those moments of conflict you withdraw you have to deal with that withdrawing with yourself i have to deal with my neediness my pursuit my um you know we're both having to deal with our own anxiety with each like with ourselves and then after we do that then we can come back together and deal with the problem that's like outside here and that was really helpful um one of the second things he said to me about like a tool for me uh because in those moments I do have extreme anxiety and he said what might help you is if you come up with a phrase, something like for Ben to say, Cammy, I love you. I just need some time. Um, I just need some time apart from you to kind of like whatever, you know, and obviously Ben has to agree that, you know, he would be okay saying this, um, it probably would need to be authentic to you. Um, but then after I hear that, then that's my cue. I'm an adult. I'm not a three-year-old. Like I can deal, I can let him deal with his stuff. I need to go deal with my stuff in my way. Because the other way is you're like clawing at the door like a dog, just waiting for me to accept you. And yeah. you, you don't feel wholeness until I do something. Which is a really sucky place to be. Yeah, you've given away all your power to me. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's the last thing he said was, for me, at least in that case, I can't solve you. And that's been one of the problems is like, I don't want to. I feel like when you're in that frantic state, mm-hmm. you're like wanting me to make you whole in a way that I don't feel like any human can. Yeah. And I feel like it's actually unhealthy to play that part. Mm-hmm. And I can help you, but I can't solve you. And you're, in a way, you're asking me, you're saying, I feel abandoned. You do A, B, C, and D, and then I won't feel abandoned anymore. Right. And then my problem will go away. Right. And I'm like, no, I disagree. That's not, I can't, this problem is bigger than me. Yeah. So, in fact, ironically, and he pointed this out with, I think, his own life, but he said in their marriage, sometimes, uh, him just like stopping pursuing his wife in those instances makes her interested in solving it. And I feel that exact same thing with yeah. you. Yeah. Like when you're like clawing at my door, knocking me down, be like, 
can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm like, get away. Yeah. It just feels fake to me. And I know it's not all fake. And that was something he helped me see is like, it's not fake. It's just like you're looking for acceptance. That's your main love thing. But it wouldn't be authentic for me to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second you're like, okay, you know. I got to go deal with my stuff. I'm I'm done with this. Take as much time as you need. I'm like, hmm? And I get, I'm like interested. Yeah. And I don't think it's coincidence. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's just manipulation. I think I'm actually like, I then feel like, oh, I can engage now. Yeah. It's so weird. It sounds really manipulative to me. That's yeah, why I even it's... was confused by myself because I thought, oh, I'm just trying to like exhaust her or something. But there is something that switches when I feel like. Well, it's just it's I I like to think of it as we're respecting our own personhood. Like this is this is how you're wired and I need to respect that. This is how I'm wired. You know, you need to respect that. And we need to respect even ourselves, like, in that. Like, accept it and say, like, this isn't bad. Like, this is just the way we are. And But it, it's, like, so hard to imagine someone else's pain when you don't experience it that same way. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I realized. And, and he helped play that kind of, like, role because he was saying listen to Cammie. She's saying that this is like being in labor. Mm-hmm. It's that painful for her. And I'm like, I mean, I, I've i seen you cry and I know it's hard for you, but I, I'm also like, what? Like, how mm-hmm. hard can this be? And yeah. you, I think you do the same thing. I do the same thing. We haven't yeah. even talked about my pain. My pain doesn't even feel real because, you know, and, and maybe this is a time to talk about this because my personality, people see me and I see myself as being strong-willed, opinionated, in control, in control, and bold, and this and that, which is true in a certain uh, setting. Uh-huh. But then there's another world where I get hurt actually pretty easily mm-hmm. and experience pain just like anyone else. It's not right. any different, but it surprises me sometimes because I, I even think of myself as not that way. It took me a lot of years to realize, you know, I was. And I think... And, and by the way, this isn't like bragging. I don't think for a dude to be like, I don't feel pain. That's more manly. I think that's more numb. And I think that's more dangerous now. Like, because when, when you don't feel pain or when you don't know you feel pain, the pain comes out. It just comes out in like really destructive ways. It comes out in rage, anger, addiction, numbness. I mean, all sorts of coping Well, and pain always points to a problem and if you can't feel pain you don't know what your problem is um but yeah i mean when you were describing your pain you said i hate it it's dangerous to me you know and he really brought out those words and said cammy can you listen to this like he hates this this feels dangerous to him and it wasn't you i don't hate you no none of it was like had anything to do with but you. But that's like really strong language yeah. that isn't wasn't the same language I was using, but it's the same pain. He was trying like the equivalent it's, to it's labor. Pain. Yeah, that's my yeah. equivalent of labor. Yeah. But the the takeaway was um you guys are kind of the same and neither of you is like intentionally Cammy's not like trying to violate authenticity mm-hmm. and I'm not like trying to like 
you know, really teach her a lesson and I don't know, uh, withdraw. Like that's not my goal. I just, we believe separate things Mm -hmm. that I think can both be true at different times. Yeah. Um, so I stepped out of the meeting and I just, I really wanted to hug you. So I did because it just felt so cool. It felt like Mm -hmm. we just like totally worked through that together yeah it felt really miraculous to me that and i also was like where was this 10 15 years ago but you know maybe i wouldn't even been ready to actually understand or hear it but to be able to understand you and understand myself at that level was so great like I, i thought that was so wonderful and I like, man, I go back and forth on like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of shitty counseling out there. And I feel like some people would hear, especially religious folks for some reason, would hear, um, you know, someone like me. Because we talked about this actually on the drive home. You said, well, there was a pastor that gave me advice. like uh, That we really liked and respected. Yeah, and we followed this advice. This is, what, 15 years ago. And the advice, Cammy was like, this was our biggest fight ever. And Cammy had like taken off and he was like, go get her. And I'm like, okay. And I did, but it was kind of like this, like buck up, be the man. Um, be the bigger person. Be the bigger person. The bigger person is pursuing, you know. But then which- it's not even taken into account. I mean, not that he did, he did some, but. What, but the problem with that is it's not taking into account you. Like, it, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Like, you have to honor both people. Like, you can't, you know, One. unless you're dealing with a child. Like, that would be different. Like, you know, I think with my child, I do need to be the bigger person. But from one adult to another. Or if it comes out, like, I really am just like, vengeful and trying to teach you a lesson you know or some other destructive pattern i guess right yeah i guess but anyways my point is like i don't i don't know i feel like there's good counselors that well i I wouldn't even call them there's counselors out there that would just like suggest men to like buck up and they won't they don't actually understand and have the wisdom to discern like that there's not always a bad guy um it's sometimes it's so easy to just create a bad guy in our relationships. It's actually convenient for everyone. Yeah. Um, well, and I think it short changes growth for both people when you do that. Okay. We got to move on because I, I really don't know if that's helpful for people. I, it's real. It's what we're going through. So I guess it's, you know, it's not really our responsibility to make every last little thing helpful. Yeah. Um, but while we're on this topic, I, I actually really wanted to say this other thing. Because we are coming up on our 25th episode. This is episode 17. And I'm going to call episode 25 the end of season one. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think it's kind of fun. That's cool. Because Netflix has seasons and we should have seasons too. All right. Um, but what, how I want to celebrate it is by you out there in podcast land... Uh, sharing your stories with us about how this podcast it, podcast has impacted you. 
What has it made you do? What has it made you think? How does it make you feel? Uh, you have one minute of recording on the Anchor app, and I would love to fill an episode full of these things. It doesn't need to be 60 of them, but you know, if we can get 10 or 20 or something, that would be a really if cool thing If you want to use me. two minutes, go for it. But you can't. Can't you just call in again and be like, me again. <laughs> <laughs> I got another thing. <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? I mean, if you're feeling it, I'm, I guess I'm not going to stop you. It's just, you know, it's got to be good. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we're gonna, but but we need you guys to do that now. Mm-hmm. Like, get what, the what episode out. is this? This is episode seventeen. But oh, but it's like really kind of crazy, yeah, yeah. Because we're like actually six weeks ahead. I'm like really being responsible here, and we're recording these ahead of time, which creates this okay. weird lag and delay thing. But if they record it now, we're actually going to be in the future. Oh recording episode 25 like any day now so there's just like do not dawdle on this don't have much time (laughs) the end is near okay but guess what cammy guess what What? we have a very special thing today all right we have a phone call yay faith saved everyone from getting the crickets. She saved our ass. Not ours, the listeners, because they're the ones who we cricket. And right. here is her uh, message. You haven't listened to it yet, Cammie, mm-hmm. so you got to pay attention. Hi, Ben and Cammie. My husband and I had the following question for you both. Given that the both of you curse around your kids, do you allow your kids to curse as well? If so, when is it appropriate for them to curse? If not, how do you communicate to them that it's appropriate for you to curse, but not for them? Thanks so much for taking our question, and we love your podcast. That's, you are welcome. That's funny because just the other day, one of our older kids was just drop, dropping the F-bombs. Actually, she was... Oh, dang it, I gave it away. Uh, she was really upset another one of our kids and she was just going at it and just like and I sat there and I was like I I guess I just don't have a problem with it anymore but I did I used to like I used to be like ooh like I used to have some sort of like visceral reaction when I heard like swear words come out of my kids mouths so first of all we don't call it cursing around here or bad words. Yeah, but the, and and the question Faith asked: Do do our kids use curse words? We right. we just don't call it that. So I don't know if that changes anything. But yeah, for some reason, like because I actually think there are things like called cursing or curses, like that are oh yeah, like calling know. down bad things on people. I guess yeah, I don't which, like that. Which we wouldn't. Which could be done that. with f bombs, I guess. Um, but if the question is, do we allow swear words? Which I think it is. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have a rule against our kids using swear words, do we? No. I don't have a But problem. we have like talked to them about just being sensitive. I don't even know if I believe that anymore. I mean, yeah, I do think it's I do. good to be sensitive around other people. 
for me, like, uh, okay, so uh, here's the the nutshell, and I, Faith has been around a bit, so I think she knows our viewpoints on why we are out here swearing, because I don't think words are good or bad in themselves. Like, they're just words. Like, yeah. um, I mean, there's a whole philosophy behind this, like separating language between symbol and meaning and blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. so we could arbitrarily say, okay, even though we don't believe words are bad, these are w- words you shouldn't say. But actually, like, I think a lot of kids swear. They just don't do it on their parents. Like, they mm-hmm. swear at school. They swear online, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and I just don't have a problem with that. I don't, I don't see – it doesn't inhibit anything. Now, there's always – I won't call it a rule, but there's always a strategy that's very important, which is to use the best communication possible for your given audience. Right. Um, otherwise, I just think you're being dumb or insensitive or ineffective or all sorts or of other things but you're not being tone deaf yeah like, you're not being you know. evil you're just yeah. it's not going to work very well if you go to grandma's house and you're like what's up bitch like <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could probably do that with like i do that with you i mean and I there might funny. be some really hip grandmas out there that could handle that but most yeah most Dude, or just grandmas from the fucking hood that's true um but yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so I think she asked, uh, "How do you determine what's appropriate?" Now, I, I think the problem with the word "appropriate" is sometimes. Sorry, I'm dissecting like every single word she said, but uh, a lot of times, what people mean when they say "appropriate" is, "Is it right or wrong?" Is it morally? Because parents say these things like, "That's not appropriate," and they say it with this condescending tone. But kids do things that are inappropriate all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rainier today, what was he? Like, no, I'm not talking about like the way he deals with ranch dressing at a restaurant. Oh, he, oh no, uh, Flea like put her whole finger in the Parmesan cheese shaker at the pizza place, and we're like, no, don't do that. That's not appropriate, but right. that's not a moral thing. No. Where you're just teaching kids, hey, that finger that's probably been in your eye, ear, butthole, and wherever, you don't put it in someone else's <laughs> cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's like... This is not cool. And I don't Sorry. think it's appropriate to be scratching the litter box, by the way, oh. during so a the podcast. Cat wasn't being the, the cat was not being appropriate either. Mm-hmm. But what can you do? You got to educate Flea and the cat and kids on how to use language. So if yeah. they, you know, with your peers, if they're swearing, I'm like, whatever. Like, well, I and, I, and I think I would... Have a, I would have to steer if Flea was like dropping f bombs left and right. I would have to steer her a lot more than say if like Dove was because I she actually doesn't have the like like Dove more knows how to use it in the more appropriate way. I mean not always but like more so than Flea. So I think the it's, age of your kid yeah. matters too. Yeah, it's really not appropriate for Flea to swear hardly ever. Because no one is going to hear it well. Like yeah. they'll always, in our culture, <laughs> but with their certain words that people are just going to be so appalled by that they're not going to be able to understand the message that Flea is saying. So right. I wouldn't encourage her to use those words. In fact, I would say, hey, those are inappropriate because you're not going to be able to communicate well. Mm-hmm. Um, but to our kids with their peers or to us, yeah, like – it's language that we use around the house because I think sometimes it works the best to communicate something. Right. And I, and we're not opposed. We, 
I just don't think it, there's an issue. I like I don't know what the issue would be. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we make up like words and be like these are good ones and those are bad mm-hmm. ones. And it's like there's enough rules on this planet as there is. We don't need more. <laughs> yeah, we were just watching Almost Famous, and there's this scene where the mom who's like more like religiously strict or morally strict but yet she's like wants to be in relationships so bad with her kids but anyways the kid knew he couldn't say the word fuck so he said or or no it was it was the the teenage daughter so instead she said fack and then the younger boy was like or the mom totally took it as oh no she actually said the f word the f bomb and the little kid was like well, no, she actually, she just said fact. <laughs> but the funny thing, this is so funny because she like was trying to ex- like she was trying to express herself to her mom. And even though F-U-C-K wasn't appropriate, she still did, did it the way that she could do it. So it's kind of funny that way. But that's it. That's a great question though i i really think that's a fun one that is a good question because um, it actually brings out a lot of other like the whole appropriateness and it is weird discussion. hearing kids swear i mean like i, I think i, I don't want to say it's not weird mm-hmm. um just like for us you know talking um about sex is weird with our kids it's it feels kind of funny because I don't, we didn't have that background where we had these conversations with our parents or see them happen in our culture so it's it's like uncharted territory but that's okay for us like mm-hmm. we want to decide before we come down and create this rule and we might not even make it a rule but you kind of like you know those rules where they basically are rules I mean but they're not the unspoken rules yeah where, where it's like okay you don't wear that Mm-hmm. And if you do, we're like, we're not saying anything's wrong with it technically, but mm-hmm. really we make the mom makes these comments about it all the time or something like that. Yeah. But that does bring up a whole point of like, I mean, you're talking about the hood, like words and how they're used is such a cultural relevant thing, which actually takes away to me that it makes it more amoral then because it's like, it all has to do with like the culture that you're raised in. Because there's some cultures where, you know, the kids and the parents and the grandparents are like, swear all the time, you know, and it's not like a big deal to them. It doesn't. It's their culture. I think, can I just say this? I think Christians are idiots when it comes to language. Like they use words inappropriately. They use words that are really for their, their sole audience of themselves that no one else even knows what they mean. Um, and then when other people are talking... They can't listen because they get so caught up in language being right or wrong. They're not able to actually even hear people. Mm-hmm. And I say this because I operate in this culture for so long and still have some roots there. That it's, I have some hangups. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. And I'm not trying to attack anyone, but I'm just saying like, you know, allowing our kids to swear, that's like not even the, that's like the tip of the iceberg of what we believe. It's just yeah. like one manifestation, but it's not even the biggest. Holy crap. That's a lot of smoke. You're going to make me more sick. Um, it's really the tip of the iceberg into, like, the root of the problem. Like, I feel like Christians are so ineffective at communicating in our day and age, like, any relevant message at all because mm-hmm. we're so caught up in, like, fighting the completely wrong battles. Oh, my gosh. You, everyone's got me on the soapbox right now. 
This is terrible. Not terrible. Okay. All right. Thanks, babes. Thanks, Faith, for that question. That was great. Yeah. Oh, I'm still Keep it coming, people. I still kind of wanted to talk about it just because I guess I'm passionate about that topic. Yeah. But here, okay, here's an experiment. And then we got to go. <laughs> when you hear your kid swear or something before you correct them, and you can't correct them. Like, I don't care. It's your kid. Do whatever you want. But before you correct them, think about why that's so offensive to you. And does it need to be? Yeah. Because sometimes things are just offensive to us as parents, and it's actually our problem. Mm-hmm. And we take it out on kids. And then that's a bummer because yeah. nothing ever gets solved. And mm-hmm. maybe we're supposed to be getting like healed or seeing language in a new way or releasing hangups. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think. Amen. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Okay, cool. Enough of that. Yeah. Um, this podcast is like available on all the places uh, like iTunes and Spotify. And, um, and the best thing, the best way to help us out if you want to do that is um, to share uh, like this, uh, like maybe an episode with a friend that you think it might help if, if that person crosses your mind. I mean, we're not asking you to go like crazy out of your way here and spam people on Facebook, but I think people sometimes they might think, oh, like this is there's someone else I know that would real is really in the same place, and mm-hmm. but there's also this conversation going on lately about have I even shared this to you on the Facebook group about how people are saying that oh I want to share this with my friends but I'm kind of afraid of mm-hmm. what they'll think about what I believe because because mm-hmm. we have such crazy beliefs like yeah being okay with kids swearing and stuff I don't really want to come out of the closet <laughs> yet. So it takes some courage, like I get it, but anyways, that's how you can help us. And um, what else? Oh yeah, Uh, please don't forget to go to the Anchor app and leave a story or share something about how you have experienced this podcast, what it's been like on your end of the speaker or iPhone. Like what what stood out to you? Is there an episode or a story or something cool? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's ongoing discussion about this and other topics at our private Facebook group. All those links are down below. Is that cool? Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.